0: Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Last year, I rode the most kilometres I've ridden in more than a decade, and a fair portion of it was in the garage on Zwift. Mainly because it's fun, the bonus was I got fitter in the process. Zwift had me connected with friends from all over the world who I hadn't ridden with for ages. Friends from Dubai, London, Wellington, Perth, Sydney, even friends in Melbourne, all on the same ride. It also got my competitive spirit going, so I made the most of the structured workouts in an effort to get the better of my mates on our weekly meetups. The biggest debate often being where to ride. My favorite's the Champs-Élysées, dreaming about winning the final stage of the tour. The Watopia mountain loop, I love the one up to the radio tower. And the RGV course in France, simply because it feels really fast. And I'm enjoying exploring the new Japanese-inspired Makuri Islands. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial, no strings attached, at Zwift.com. Right on.
1: Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start an eventful podcast, uh, I reckon, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me, it's Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave, this morning? A bit hangover by what well, happened?
2: Well, how do you unpack it? good good morning firstly yeah. <laughs> good morning good morning to that's everyone. how you unpack it first yeah you know? that is how you <laughs> unpack it but look yeah firstly i guess at the very top you just say disappointing for everyone yeah firstly and foremost for the for the stars that we lose yesterday and for for the Aussie fans we lose two of their biggest Aussie hopes which mm-hmm. is really a shame so we're feeling for them but yeah let's let's get into the chaos of it and yeah was it a normal stage of the tour or or do we need to look further at it or do we or do we just say hey it's par for the course
1: yeah absolutely so let's recap what happened uh we were all set for a sprint finish we were all set for a Caleb success uh yesterday in pontivy and chaos happened even before the finish so the the whole stage felt a bit chaotic starting with a crash from Thomas.
2: yeah i was going to say we need to actually go back absolutely sort of 50 kilometers don't we almost that one was that one was weird because it was a bit of a nothing crash and it seems as though g maybe didn't have his hands on the handlebars sort of tightly and mm-hmm. they hit a speed bump and bang he went down and that happens took down robert Gasink. But Mar- Martin out. went down as well, so Martin. Ma- did,
1: did Martin go down first or G went down first? Yeah,
2: that, actually that's a good question, I shouldn't presume, and I've, I have sort of looked at the reruns, but I haven't looked at it in slow-mo, and, and it's, I think it's, the camera sh- angle is from the front, so yeah. it's, it's almost impossible to see, and you know what, that's actually irrelevant. But, it, but it
1: brings a debate that the the guys had in the commentary last night about uh, Guerin Thomas. He's yeah. prone to fall. Robbie, yeah, Robbie and, said that. And, and, yeah. and the point what Robbie was making, it's not a coincidence it, or, or, or is it? Is he it just unlucky?
2: Ah, oh, gee, I think <laughs> it's borderline for me. But Robbie made a good point that, you know, when it's the start of the tour and you're racing around Brittany where there's where – there's, a lot of road furniture. I mean, a lot of France has a lot of road mm-hmm. furniture, especially in the smaller sort of roads, yeah. doesn't it? Um, but you've got to be switched on. And he, look, he was at the front of the race. I, I think. I think it's probably too soon to critique him. To be fair, the guys, the guys down on the deck, and they're yeah. saying, "Well, mate, you've <laughs> crashed a lot. It's your fault." <laughs> yeah, don't I don't mean, complain. It's your fault. <laughs> you can, you, but you, you can't help but analyse and say. But I mean, Tony Martin's crashed a lot, yeah. and as you said to me. I don't know if I've seen the guy without bandages or <laughs> <ever>. <laughs> He has crashed a lot. And, and look, maybe it was Martin that came down first. We'd, you know, But he was knows. setting
1: the pace for a stage that was then becoming even more chaotic yeah. uh, because further down the line, uh, so just to recap how he went, there was an intermediate sprint. Yeah, and that intermediate sprint pretty much launched the finish. The intermediate sprint was, was 15, fifteen sixteen k from the end. Yeah, maybe, and
2: it, you maybe a touch more even, and it didn't it didn't let up then, m- no, did it?
1: Yeah, exactly. They went on the full gas from mm. then. So, but then the roads were really, there were a lot of corners and wet and and tiny, and, and they, they all knew it. Yeah, they all knew they it. All so knew everyone got really worried about and stressed. Mm. So they were the battle to be at the front, and then Roglic for whatever reason, we saw Roglic go over the ditch. Yep, yep. Um, he he yep. hit the, the wheel for, from Colbrelli.
2: Well, I hit what handlebars, apparently. Yeah, Colbrelli. Okay. They hit handlebars, according to Colbrelli. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, I was very lucky to crash myself. And he also said, look, I don't believe I caused the crash. It was just a, you know, where everyone was trying to move up. And... He said, I threw my arm really just out of sort of the adrenaline of the moment mm-hmm. um, and, he, and I think more so of shock because I think he, he got, he's been criticised a little bit, Cole Brally, and people have saying, the keyboard warriors, and can I just say, either you've got X-ray vision, keyboard warriors, to be able to tell that Cole Brally caused Roglic to yeah. crash, it is impossible. <laughs> I don't care what you say. I get it. it. It's great where we want people to have opinions and, and it fuels our sort of the coverage in our sport. But come on, there is no way known you can say that Brawley did or didn't cause it. You can't say he didn't cause it. You can't say he did cause it, is my point. It's an unfortunate accident. And again, it goes on what we say, that it's just the, the tension, the anxiety. And, and there's a lot at stake. It's the biggest bike race in the world. It, it happens. And it's just the fact that Roglic... Is a man who could win the race. Yeah. If he was a if he was a bot rider, we'd barely heard of. That would be a nothing discussion, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? It'd be just like, oh yeah, some guy from Wanty, Go
1: Bear. Yeah. Absolutely. let from Primoz Roglic.
0: Yeah, luckily uh, we we saw. I think uh, is everything uh, still in one piece, so nothing broken. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm all open all around, uh, but. Uh, Let's say not the best day for us, but uh, yeah, we go on and uh, still uh, we can continue. It was a super stressful uh, final, definitely, with uh, all these roads. Yeah, not the best day for us, but we continue.
1: So that was Primo's Roglic. After that, they went on the chase to, yep. truck to go back to, uh, to to the Peloton. And then another crash happened. And this one is is very sad for Ooh, us yeah. because I mean, you and I were watching the race together, mm. and then we—the moment we realized it was Jack Haig on the deck, and it didn't look good because there's one thing with cyclists: when there's a crash, if they stand up straight away, it's either total madness, uh, but it's usually a better sign. It's usually a good sign if they do. Yeah. But yeah. Jack didn't stand up straight away, no, and he, that he was didn't worrying from the start.
2: When they don't move initially, and
1: I, I, think, say, I think I, it, I think he tried. I think he tried to stood up, and he's. he's his teammate just put him down again. Yeah,
2: yeah, that was um, no, it was sad. It was sad because it's and just really uh, disappointing for them. And and you know, months and months of hard training, and that was a that was a really um, tight left hand turn. Um, the thing is, the riders knew it. They knew they knew what was coming. And I know there's some criticisms already. You know, the voices. It's like they're they're, they're multiplying. From social media and and probably some sections of the 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 peloton as well not so much not so many writers i haven't heard anything yet maybe it's out there but saying this is crazy this shouldn't the course shouldn't be like this there should be more accountability or you know i think if you want to go back and watch the last 10 20 years of the tour de france and the first five days you might be surprised because there there is always a lot of crashes So I don't believe there's a quick fix. I don't believe, yes, it was a technical finale, but they all knew. And I'm not criticising the riders at all. I'm not saying they knew, so it's their fault. They should have taken it easier. It is just simply bike racing. And, you know, we have to accept that. This is a sport that is as brutal as it is sometimes. And the highs are super high. And sometimes you lose the biggest stars in, in the event.
1: But if you're Jack Hegg you wake up this morning uh with pain anywhere where pretty mm. much everywhere in your body uh do you take this as a lesson do you learn from it how do you switch from <sighs> being the rider that goes ah, my tour is done and i'm finished to, yeah okay focusing from next year Yep. or from from what's <laughs> he'll next? maybe
2: learn something from it i'm not sure if there's a lot to learn because at the end of the day again we can all have our opinion on say that particular crash um it might have just been a Bit of bad luck. He might have just gone him or someone else. In fact, might have gone into the corner too quick. So Jack might not have been his fault at all. Someone slid in front of him, and you have nowhere to go at fifty-five kilometers an hour or sixty kilometers an hour. It was tight left hander, but you can you can. There's tight left handers all the all the time in a bike race, isn't there? They're flying down the Pyrenees in a week Mm -hmm. (laughs) on tight left handers (laughs) at 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 faster speed. Yeah. So it's just that you had a peloton together. And there's a number of elements. And, and maybe there were one or two riders that actually rode like idiots yesterday, but it wasn't Jack or it wasn't the other some of the other guys who crashed. But there was one or two idiots who actually maybe need to learn something from it. So I think it's really hard to have a strong opinion on you know who, who's accountable, I think.
1: But um, if I'm just putting this one here and then we talk about the crash for Caleb after that, because I think it's a different uh, part of the race. Up to here, up to the crash with Jack Haig, if let's say the organization say okay well, on on certain stages when we know the finish is tight when we know the conditions are not good it's rainy it's wet you know it's it's dangerous it's slippery could the organization say okay we know it's going to be a spring finish the way the stage is, is shaping we neutralize the time for the bunch 5k from the finish then we let the we let the big boys from the sprint yeah. battle it out for the stage win so you get two races in one and then therefore there's a lot less panic in the peloton to arrive to a certain stage because they might lose time they, they yeah. it's a dangerous finish they want to be at the front yeah. but not too much at the front it's a good
2: yeah it's a really good point
1: because then you then you remove that stress
2: the, on, the only thing with it and this is where how do you how do you get it right because let's say they do that. Let's say they say, okay, well, and it, look, at the end of the day, that that descent was starting at seven kilometres to yep. go. So at seven kilometres to go, they were starting to sort of... So let's say they said five kilometres, though, for, the, for, the, for argument's sake. Do you suddenly get a lot of GC guys sitting up and, you know, do you get suddenly 30 or 40 guys just sitting up and, and rolling in because they, they're allowed to? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if we want to see that either. Um, so I don't know what the right answer is because you suddenly then every stage five kilometres to go, you'll get forty guys just putting dropping the clutch in and rolling in. I'm not saying we don't need to risk it,
1: but but like my my point being, it doesn't have to be preset. It's something they probably can do during the race, and they go, "Oh, okay, it's now raining there, or it's getting." W-. They all have, they all have an earpiece. True, yeah, that's true. Look, and maybe it, maybe it needs to be a decision on the fly. But then
2: you sort of say, "Well, if you're going to do it on the fly, you should do it. It should be communicated beforehand because you know the circuit." it's a tough one but you, you might
1: one. you might not know the condition you might not no, know the okay it's raining can, it's windy yeah, or whatever that is true uh, and then you know they, they've sto- like we've seen it before they stop racing because there's a mudslide uh, well can we treat those elements a bit differently and say yeah, we judge the finish too risky we knew the finish was going to be risky mm. uh, everyone was worried about that last corner where Caleb crashed which yeah. we'll, co- we'll go into a minute so because everyone knew that last corner was very tight, therefore everyone wanted to be yeah. closer to the front. I
2: mean, look, I think um, when there's no easy solution, just, no, and part of me just says it's just got to stay status quo. And I'm not, and I'm not trying to say bad luck, bad luck, boys, toughen up. Not at all, but it is just the nature of the, the sport, and it's the nature of what's at stake. Because I think you start doing that, then suddenly there'll be another rule or then they will be you know well you made it five kilometers but the worst the dangerous all the dangerous bits were at 20 kilometers to go so then how do you you know and then they're fighting from 20 kilometers to go to 10 kilometers to go because they know okay i've still got to make it from 20k to go to 10k to go so i don't know if there's a i see what you're saying and and absolutely i sort of agree with you in theory but i just don't know if we need to start if we should start
1: and, and doing that and, and if they do we probably would be the first one to say UCI is over-regulating the thing yeah yeah so that's right, exactly <laughs> that's that that's yeah. what we do in yeah that. that's right yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 one of the by the way one of the funniest tweets I've seen uh, in the whole thing and it was sent to me by uh, by Kino it's a guy that said yeah I've rewatched the crash and that's okay everyone's everyone socks height are oh, really good yes <laughs> so I saw that it was one of the writers
2: yeah I think it was Julian Bernard
1: yeah that's it I <laughs> think it was Jean-Francois <laughs> uh, the son of Jean-Francois so that brilliant that's, that was uh, just some result. but uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> In, in a way, so nothing was uh, to blame for those crashes. Also, quick discussion before we hear from Caleb and mm. we hear, hear about the crash, and we'll have actually, uh, we'll hear from Caleb's mouth what happened mm. uh, in, in this podcast, but quick discussion about the technology uh i've heard in a lot of the co- some of the coverage that uh and not the aussie coverage but some other coverage in france they were saying as well technology plays its part on a crash like the roglitch one or in what the, way what well, bikes could be too rigid it gives you less way uh, it sort of ejects you straight away if you make a mistake do you believe in this or not
2: categorically 100 percent, no okay that's no. The answer. yeah no no is I that too old guy rumbling yeah <laughs> two old guys rumbling two old school blokes like Tell me twenty years ago the steel bikes weren't rigid. <laughs> We're talking steel. Steel welded together to extreme strength. No, look, not no, look, it's a I don't even know if it is a fair question and I'm, I'm not trying to jump you can be not, It You can be no I'm just throwing you here. But yeah, no, I I think now the bikes are so responsive and in fact in a lot of ways they're actually way better they they're probably potentially save crashes. In some instances, because they're so rigid, when you've got a peloton, two hundred riders on a four-meter wide road, all fighting for front position, it doesn't matter what you're riding; crashes are going to happen. Yeah, that's yeah. I think I think we need to strip it away and look at the facts. You know, and the facts are what I just said.
1: Okay, let's talk about uh, the ultimate crush. uh Caleb in the last corner. I'm going to let you unpack this crash because from your point of view what happened I don't think there is a clear culprit but there is someone that is afoot and he may actually be Caleb
2: yeah look I've we've obviously watched it seen it a couple of times I haven't I feel like I almost need to need a refresher just to look at it right now as we speak but all I'll say is is again it's sprinting it's we see crashes in sprints all the time so it's it's almost normal and it's part of the job as of being a sprinter that you're at risk um they came around that sort of that little dog leg in the last couple of hundred meters caleb tried to move up he, he sort of got himself underneath and came up underneath sort of sagan on memory and then he got himself onto the wheel of melia who ended up being, becoming the, the winner of the stage and then what happened i think melia got out of the saddle or he went to jump and Caleb was sort of slightly overlapping the wheel uh, Merlea's back wheel and he was balanced the other way he hit Merlea's
1: wheel and that was it that was the crash but don't you think Sagan was boxing him in a bit like if you Sagan look at the Sagan was already
2: Sagan was sort of already yeah he probably moved a little bit Sagan but remember he was in front of Caleb sort of 50 metres before that mm-hmm. and then Caleb did come up underneath him and he didn't do anything illegal Caleb but he did come up underneath Sagan. There was a gap there, so he took it, and we know this is what Caleb but, but is when, really good at. But when
1: this works, this is why we love Caleb. Yeah, oh, exactly. This is the and thing. Look,
2: it, it was, and it was two inches away from working.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: If, if Caleb had not have touched the wheel of Muller, potentially would have won the stage. That that is that's the difference. You know, that's how close he was to winning. Yet now his tour is over. That yeah. that's the, the brutality of the sport, and you've just got to take it on the chin. But I think that's all that really happened, and it was you know, cheats it, it, oh, it's harsh to say an error by Caleb, but you know the name of the game. He's sit, he's sitting an inch off Müller's wheel,
1: at eighty kilometres an hour.
2: Yeah, at close to eighty kilometres an hour. Try so, just driving, yeah. So car, it was, no,
1: don't try. It. <laughs> <They> <laughs> but don't imagine try it. driving a car at eighty an hour. Yeah, an yeah, inch from the, the yeah, next car.
2: It's, so it's not really a mistake or an error. It's just it's just the um, that it's the nature of the game. Um, and Caleb is possibly a better bike handler than anyone at the moment yeah. um, in those bunch sprints.
1: Let's listen from Caleb. Ewan.
3: Oh, I don't remember too much. Um, it all happened quite quickly. But, uh, yeah, I just remember that I wanted to go quite early um, in the chicane. But, uh, yeah, I started and we were, on, we, were, we were riding or we were sprinting on the left. And then I started and then saw that the the guys on the front were closing to the right so then I had to stop sprinting um, and then hope for it to open up again. But I think when all that happened then I came next to, to Peter and then we were quite close together on the on the wheel and then when Merlier went again to the right then I just uh, yeah touched the wheel and then um, yeah went down. So it all happened quite quickly. You knew immediately, to the front is over? Usually when you crash, it, you don't feel so much you know the adrenaline's there and but straight away I, I felt a lot of pain and um, and then yeah they were, they were pressing on my collarbone and I could feel it like clicking so I thought yeah it's not good Is it a nice departure? Um, to be honest I'm not sure it's the first bone I've ever broken but they told me it's um, broken in four spots so uh, yeah I don't know uh, to be honest too much of the details but yeah they said it's broken in four spots and then I have to get some yeah, surgery on it to, to put it back into place but I think out of any bone to be broken I think it's uh, yeah, one of the good ones or one of the ones that's easiest to come back uh, you know recovery wise.
1: So that was Caleb, you won An- another... Uh, he sounded all right. Yeah, he sounds okay. Like like considering Colab- what's happened. Collarbone, four places. Mm. Uh, the report card is getting um, operated on, on Wednesday.
2: And you know what else? If I can say a, sh- a silver lining, and I know it's it's not really, but he'll be lining up at the Vuelta. Yeah. And he probably was going to anyway, but we, we've got the Vuelta. We watch the Vuelta. So for all you fans, Aussie fans out there, we'll, we'll be seeing Caleb... Um, on the screens again uh, before the year's out, which is which is good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, quick, just a quick remark here as well. Have you seen how Sagan doesn't lift his hand from the underbar? His hand stays on the <laughs> underbar from the crash <gasps> I on think the I road. I did see he, that. He's yes. holding the bike like. He,
2: he was probably thinking he could get it back up. Yeah, <laughs> I think he was trying. I think he was trying. <laughs> he's tough. He's, he's <laughs> tough. You know what else I heard? And actually, this came, I believe, from Lotto Sudal. Sagan went back to his, got back to the bus, sent someone from his team to Lotto Sudal to check up on Caleb. Yeah, okay. And to see how he is and send his wishes. Like, Caleb, you can argue that Caleb brought down Sagan, mm-hmm. okay, in that crash. And, and again, no one's fault, but that's, that's what unfolded. Sagan sent someone to, to check on Caleb. Yeah that that is that's the class of Peter Sagan. Yeah. You know. And what what I do see is a general respect amongst the stars isn't there. There's there's a real respect. But well, there
1: was an era where there wasn't really no, any respect. No,
2: totally. Or well, there was there was certainly factions. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like there's a there's a more united mm-hmm. front with the riders. Um yeah.
1: so all in all uh what do you make of that race? What do you make of that stage? Uh one thing I want to talk about is um, uh, Michael Matthews uh, because Michael Matthews didn't have a great stage. I think he got caught out in the crash and so he lost a bunch of time. Yep. But in the competition for the, the sprints, mm-hmm. therefore, Michael Matthews and the green jersey becomes our last hope anyway, but it's opening up for it's him. It's well and truly alive. Yeah.
2: This is, as we know, and I'm stating the obvious, but the green jersey is a marathon. It's not won or lost in three days or three sprint stages.
1: It could be lost in one sprint. It
2: can if you, yeah, like, say, for Caleb's. Yeah. yeah. However, again, cast our minds back to when Michael won the green. And remember, it was falling out of his grasp. Um, Kittle had won a bunch of stages and he had a massive lead. Suddenly, one not even mountain stage, Kittle was in trouble Um, physically. He was Mm -hmm. struggling. Michael got in the break. Kittle was getting dropped from the peloton, and then suddenly Kittle withdrew from the race. He was gone. Suddenly Michael was in the green in an instant, and then he defended it and, and rode like a champion. I think he went on to win a stage and then you know won the green comfortably in the end. So Michael needs to draw on that. He actually needs to remind himself, and I'm sure he is, but he needs, and the team, I'm sure is Matt White and and he's the guys that are sort of focusing within the team on the green Jersey hunt. Michael is absolutely well within striking distance of winning that. Yeah, he um, didn't have a good
1: stage yesterday. Let's mm. see some from him.
0: Yeah, um, I guess the, start, the final basically started from um, after the intermediate sprint um, with quite narrow, twisty roads. And then, yeah, we came into the 5K to go. We, I think everyone knew about this certain corner where the crash ended up happening. Um, so it obviously put a bit of stress in the peloton for everyone to, wanting to be further forward. Um, into that corner and, yeah, that was a massive crash. I'm not exactly sure what happened. I was just behind it. But, um, yeah, that sort of wrecked wrecked my race because I was stuck in between uh, the front group and the and the peloton by myself trying to chase back across. So, yeah, from uh, and then I come across and there was another crash in the final there. So, unacceptable.
1: That was Michael Matthews. But, you're right, he's, 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 he's our only hope for yeah. Australia to get a green jersey. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, do you think he could do it? Yeah, totally, totally can. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm. I've got a lot of confidence in him. And you've only got to look at the leaderboard. The guys above him, a couple of them aren't green jersey contenders. They're just by default, like like uh, Alaphilippe. You know, Alaphilippe What is, do you mean he's not going <laughs> for the green jersey? Come on, mate. What? About, what are you? You're getting greedy. What do you want? How much do you want?
1: Mate, he's surprised us so many times that maybe we don't know he's going for the. Oh, green. you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> no, we know he's not. Um, um, but someone we haven't mentioned, Merlier. He actually won the stage oh, yeah. easily. At the minute, yeah. we are unpacking drama, but
2: yeah. well done, mate. Well done to Anyway, moving right along.
1: <laughs> pat, pat on the back. You're good now. But uh, uh in Phoenix, two, uh, three days in, two stage wins. They've smashed it. They are. Let's remember that they are a wild card at this tour. The fronts. Yeah. They're not a world tour team. And and they and Van der Poel, the work Van der Poel did for Merlier, and beautiful.
2: And and so Van der Poel is on the front. Three kilometers to go. Absolutely carving it up in yellow. In yellow, like. This is it's, class. This is rare. Rare, rare and, class. and class. Van der Poel finishes top 10, I think, on the stage yeah. still. Alperson Phoenix, not first, not only first, but first and second. Mm-hmm. So they're first and second on the stage with Phillips and their two sprinters. Uh, they are killing it.
1: But Van der Poel, again, uh, second day in yellow. That was his first day in yellow ever. Mm. We talked a, a lot about it. But uh, Second day in yellow today. Um, he's keeping this jersey. He, he might actually keep it for a little while now. He'll keep could. it to
2: the TT. He'll keep it to the TT individual yeah, the, time trial.
1: The boy can do stuff in TT. Probably. He can,
2: and look, he could pull off another Philippe in in Po. A couple of years ago, when we said, "Well, there's no way he'll win the TT," but he might. He might hold the jersey and then he goes out and wins it. Um, yeah, look, it, no, it's impressive. It's impressive. I'm just, I'm actually just looking at the stage result, and I think there's a couple of other notable mentions. We should say Nasibuhani yeah. in third. Good big ride for him. Guess who was sixth on the stage? Ala Philippe. Oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sixth on the stage. But the, so the, f- the funny
1: one with, with Ala Philippe as well, which we, we now can talk about, is Cavendish was nowhere near. Cavendish got caught out in the crashes. Yeah. So therefore, Ala Philippe had no work to be doing for any other sp- of his sprinters. Yeah. And everything fall off. He's in green. He just went, I might as well go for it.
2: Well, the I other that's thing, happened. actually. So they had, they did have Ballerini up there from de Koenig. So I mean, they salvaged something out of a, the sprint stage without Cavendish, didn't they?
1: But Cavendish, it's a shame we haven't seen him in that bunch sprint. He got caught out in this. Uh, yeah. In this, so it's not none of his fault. I think we were all expecting or very curious to see what what he, he can, can do, what he can do yeah. at, in the Tour de France. So you know we'll what have, I we'll am have to happy,
2: wait, and I know it's it's terrible because we've lost Caleb and 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 you know other riders, but. I'm happy Cav didn't crash out. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want anyone to crash out. Um, but, you know, and I wish Caleb didn't either, But obviously. But I'm just happy because that could have ended Cav's career. Yeah. As in that, he's at the end of his career. We know that now. He's in the twilight of his career. So I'm glad he survived. And look, maybe maybe he'll bring some joy to cycling fans. Maybe he'll get a stage win yeah. now moving forward.
1: Absolutely. Okay, let's look ahead about the, the stage tonight. It's flat as this... Pancake. Is pancake again? Is it? Yeah. Um, Crap, flat. Yeah. And and we about to leave Brittany. Oh wow! Okay. Last, last day in Brittany.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Four days. Success. Yeah.
1: Well. C- entertain- marred by marred by Enterta- Entertaining,
2: but entertaining. I think it's given us well, plenty to talk about. That's well, for sure. Yeah. I mean, this this tour, this opening week of the tour, will be remembered by the crashes and really, yesterday, yes but also those two massive. massive crashes on day one. With um, Opie and Omni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what do you make of the stage tonight? Look, it's another day for the sprinters. And, you know, for the, the guys that look... It's interesting because I didn't think Tim Muller would be a chance last night. No, because night. he got caught out in a crash before. He crashed, yeah. yeah. He actually crashed. So I thought he'd be licking his wounds still. So he's already bounced back. I think you've got to give Nasser Buhani a chance. I think you have to give Cavendish a chance. I think if they, get a, if they get a clean run of the line, Cav is absolutely in the mix. And I think, well, Sagan, we'll see how he bounces back because he's hit the deck hard. I haven't heard too much or I haven't read too much about him. But it'll be the usual suspects. And then the big question mark is, I just wonder if it'll be a little bit more tame. I wonder if the peloton will have a little bit of a general truce and go, you know, let's come on. The sprinters get frustrated, I know this, with the GC guys. On the run into the
1: line. Really? Yes. Because because they're in the mix?
2: Yes, and they know know why they've got to be there because this three kilometre rule. But I do know sprinters at times get annoyed at GC guys because they're trying to box in the top ten. Saying you got to sit back just behind us, Yeah. and but then the GC guys go no, because that's the, where the chaos is. <laughs> I need to sit in the top seven. I'm not trying to sprint you or fight you for wheels. So this is this is how it unfolds. It
1: goes back to my point. It goes back to my point. If we move yeah. that sort of time cut before, yeah. you're not convinced, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not convinced. Yeah, I'm shaking my head. Yeah. yeah, okay. So yeah, I think it could be a good stage tonight because the, the, the cards have been reshuffled. Yeah, they have, they
2: have. No, it's going to be, look, it's going to be an exciting one. And then just on the GC battle, there won't be a GC battle, but look, Carapaz, just to recap, Carapaz
1: is third now. Remember yesterday I texted you going, whoa, Carapaz is actually third, mm. by surprise. You yeah. just go, he's now the arch leader of Ineos. Yeah. Or and, is he?
2: And he's at, well, look, he's ahead of today, Pogacar. Yeah. He's ahead of today, Pogacar. He can climb. Quintana is at 40 seconds. Quintana has survived all of this so far. For a little, you know, natural um, climbing Colombian, you would have thought he'd get caught up in one of these crashes. He has survived. Do not ride off Quintana. Gordu has survived. He's at 52 seconds. So too has Chavez. Like, we've barely talked about Chavez. Yeah. It, hello, second in the Giro d'Italia, third at the Vuelta. He's podiumed in two Grand Tours. Chavez is in a good position.
1: And actually, if you have time, just take a, a minute to have a look at the top ten. Yeah. Uh, if you because there, there are some surprises. You're right. If you look at the time gaps, and yeah, I don't think anyone could have predicted that top ten if we would have asked you three or four days ago before the start.
2: No, it's true. Absolutely correct. You there's there's guys in there that you would not yeah, you would not think
1: Do you know what he does? He opens up the Tour de France.
2: It does, it does. Oh, yeah. And and look Roglic, for the record, he's at 135. So he too much? No, 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 not at all, not at all. I mean, you know, barring look, look at look at um, last year, Tedai Pogacar lost the one minute twenty in the crosswinds. So there's a lot can happen. There is a lot that can unfold. Roglic could produce a phenomenal top TT in two days' time and pull back thirty seconds. It's not ideal, um, but it's not over. It is far from over.
1: Absolutely, don't tune out. Tune in to, to <laughs> the Tour de France because <laughs> this is where it becomes very interesting. Uh, thanks for your time, Maka, today. Thank you. Jeez, I need, yeah. I
2: need to lie out after all that. I need
1: another coffee. Yeah, yeah, me too. Absolutely. Thank you, Maka. Thank you. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. And uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log a ride. So our friends at Zwift. Until next time, it's bye for now.
0: Before we go, a quick word from our sponsor, Zwift. When I walk into the commentary box and Matthew Vanderpool is on the start list, I know I'm going to have some fun. And when it comes to doing an interview, there are none better than Tour de France winner, Garant Thomas. Like many of the riders at the tour, both of them use Zwift as part of their training. They've even done a few races on Zwift and you can too. There are races for all levels with new events starting every five minutes. And thanks to the massive online community, there's always someone to line up against. Choose from a group ride, a road race, test yourself in an individual time trial or dive into the fun is fast series across the duration of the tdf for a real mix of events i've had a lot of fun doing some of the races and gotten a real sense of accomplishment completing some of the grand fondos particularly the long ones it's easy to get started all you need is a bike trainer and the zwift app visit zwift.com and hopefully i'll see you on there soon right on